0: My name is David J. Harris Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris Jr. Show. How's everybody doing tonight? My goodness, so good to be here with all of you. Wow, this is amazing. Thank you, Dave, for inviting me to speak. Thank you for having K- KBA and launching this amazing event, this amazing group for, for all of us to come in and partake in. So I'm just excited for tonight. I just want to start out with a little prayer. And I'm going invite you to say a prayer that I pray, and I've prayed for a long, long time. But first, we'll just invite Holy Spirit. He's already here, but Father, we just, we just thank you. Papa, Daddy, we say thank you. You're so, so good. You're so good. Speak through me tonight. Speak to each of us tonight. In Jesus' name. And there's a prayer that I've prayed that I've felt like Papa wanted you guys to hear and then pray yourself. Maybe you pray something like this, but it's something that I've prayed for a while. It's Father, use me as an example of how you want to bless your kids. Say that with me. Father, use me as an example for how you want to bless your kids. In Jesus' name. I've prayed that prayer through good times and bad, and I'm pretty blown away at where I'm at right now in life. How many of you guys are familiar with who I am? Let me ask you this. How many people have no idea who I am? Let me see. Hey, that's amazing. Look at that. At least half the room, if not more. Well, uh, you'll get a little glimpse tonight, for sure. And for those of you that do know who I am and follow me, thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you guys. (laughs) So I'm praying about, I always pray about where, what I'm going to say every time I get to go somewhere and speak. And I get to travel the country and I get to speak at political rallies and events. I was on the Trump campaign in 2020. I was a part of Black Voices for Trump. Um, I've been very politically active in trying to wake people up to the truths of what's taking place in our country right now. But, uh, but it didn't start there. It didn't start there. And as I was praying about tonight, what I felt Papa, because he's a good daddy, isn't he? As I was praying and asking Papa what do you want me to share with you tonight? He said, I want you to talk about the example of how I've blessed you and kept you even from yourself. I feel like, I feel like, and you can tell me how you feel. How many, you know, the the, the story of the prodigal son in the Bible How many in here identify more with the older son that was doing everything right? Doing what he felt like he should be doing. And the prodigal came back. How many? I only saw four hands. I know there's a little more than that. The prodigal came back and the father said, kill the fatted calf, throw a party. My son that was dead is alive. We're gonna party. And the older brother was like, I've been here the whole time. You didn't throw a party for me. He said, son, you've been here with me the whole time. Everything I have is already yours. I felt like God wanted me to share some of my story to wake you up. And maybe you're a prodigal. Maybe you felt like a prodigal. But I felt like God wanted me to share some of my story of why it is amazing, not only of what I get to do today in life, but the fact that I'm even standing here today. Because I felt like Papa was saying, I want my sons and my daughters to be expectant for what I'm about to do in their lives. The verse that came to me, if you'll put the verse up there, please, was Acts 2.2. Dave was dancing all around this. Suddenly, everybody say, Suddenly. Are you ready for a suddenly in your life? Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. How many understand they were sitting and waiting? They've been waiting for how long, Dave? 40 days. Yeah, weeks. They've been waiting and waiting and waiting. How many of you have been waiting for something to shift? How many of you are, this might be hard to raise your hand, you don't have to. How many of you have been fighting the sickness that comes from hope being deferred? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. I felt like Papa said, I need my kids to be expectant for the suddenly. Because that's who he is. He's a suddenly. And we have to be willing and ready to just say yes when we feel that unction. How many of you are ready to say yes? Yes. So you may feel like you've battled some things in life and we all have. And every time something that is done to us or something that we go through, Hurts, it hurts like nothing else. And I'm not trying to compare hurts or heartaches, but what I'll share with you is that because of a lot of my own decisions, I battled and struggled with alcohol abuse for most of my life. Even being a Christian. I struggled with drug addiction, even being a Christian. And I almost overdosed. Even being a Christian. I had literally made my bed in hell. My wife had left, she took the kids, she didn't know what was going on. And I was stuck in my addiction. And at the point when when I say I shouldn't be here today, it's because at the moment that I was overdosing my eyeballs were going up and down in my head faster than you can make them go up and down you can't make them go up and down that fast they were going that fast and in that moment in that moment right there i heard i heard holy spirit say i heard the father say to me he said don't freak out don't freak out this will pass this will pass how many know god is good that even when you make your bed in hell even there he's still with you yes. I had made my bed in hell, and even there, he was still with me. I found out the next morning when I told a friend that I'd done a lot of these drugs with, he said, David Harris, he said, you need to stop. He said, if you would have panicked, your heart would have exploded. Your body was overdosing. So I mean it when I say I shouldn't be here today. but God, but God, I am that prodigal, and in fact, I, uh, I come from a little town in Northern California called Redding, anybody heard of that, anybody heard of that little church there called Bethel, that was my church for 20 something years, I'd stopped going to church, obviously, and I was doing a lot, because I'm not the type that can go party during the week and then go to church on Sunday. I just couldn't do that. If I was going to party, I was all in. So I had walked away. I was doing life my own way, and after this experience where I almost overdosed, about two weeks later, the next, uh, it was a Saturday night, and I just knew I had to be done. I threw all the drugs away and all the paraphernalia away, and my wife had left. And I said, okay, God, I've made an absolute mess of my life. What do you want me to do? And I heard him say, go to church. It was a Sunday morning. And I said, have you been to Bethel on a Sunday morning? I heard, go to church. (laughs) I stopped arguing with God. I got in the car, and I started driving. And as soon as I started driving, I put on K-Love, and I started to weep. I just knew I'd made a mess of my life. Again, my wife had left. She took the kids. Didn't know if she was going to ever come back. But I just said yes. I went to church. And that Sunday when I got there, it was packed. Anybody here been to Bethel? So it is, a, it is not even this big. It's a big church. It's not this big. The sanctuary is probably a little bigger. But the church itself is on the top of a hill. There's only one road up and one road out. And that Sunday, the cars were lining the road that's probably a half a mile all the way up to the church. It was that packed. Now I'm about 270 right now. I weighed about 170 pounds in. A friend of mine that I met with told me I was sunken in and looked like that king in Lord of the Rings that had the spirit of death on him. I know everybody's seen Lord of the Rings, right? So here I am sunken in, going to church. It's packed. I get to the top of the hill and I see parking parking lot sign. It says parking lot full. I turn to the left and there's a prayer chapel and it says parking lot full and I keep going and the very first parking spot was open. I'm like, okay. I get out, I walk in, walk into the lobby area. There was bleachers at the church at this point. Bleachers are pulled out, they're packed. I walk right inside the, the doors. People everywhere. And I get a tap on my shoulder. A lady says, Are you looking for a seat? You can have mine. I'm third row in the middle, right from the front. So, okay, I go and I sit down. Announcements had just finished and Eric Johnson walked up and he said, today I'm gonna talk to you about the prodigal son walking home and walking into his inheritance. That was the message. So when I tell you I'm the prodigal, that I identify as a prodigal, the one that had squandered the goodness that God had shown me, it wasn't on prostitutes on. It was just drugs, alcohol. When I'd squandered all that and made a mess of my life, God was right there to show me mercy and grace. Isn't God good? So I share that to say when I, when I say I shouldn't be standing here today it's because it's actual. And when I stand here and I tell you the, about the goodness of God and what God's doing in my life, it is to salt your oats. You've heard you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink, but you can salt their oats and make them thirsty. I'm here to make you thirsty. And I'm here to let you know, suddenly is coming. And not just suddenly, but your suddenly is coming. After that day at church, I got prayer from Pastor Chris. I went forward for prayer. I got prayer multiple times. And I'm thankful and glad to say I never touched those illicit drugs ever again. Three months later, God brought my wife back with the kids. And just this uh, year, we celebrated 28 years of marriage together. Are you kidding me? 28 years. I know y'all thought I was maybe 30. We were we two we got together. No, I'm just kidding. So after that point in time, I began to press into God like never before. What's the scripture talk about? Jesus said, those that have been forgiven much Love much. How many of you know sin is sin? No matter what you're dealing with, no matter what's happened to you, no matter what you've done, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. You are free. And you can receive the grace and the love of God that says you are worthy of what he has in store for you. I began to press in and pray in tongues like, I'd never prayed in tongues before. I took what Paul said in the Bible, pray without ceasing, literally, and I literally would wake up and immediately start praying in the Spirit. And I would be very intentional to pray in the Spirit all throughout the day. And when I realized I wasn't praying in the Spirit, I'd immediately start praying in the Spirit again. Can I tell you, I had a supernatural acceleration in my spirit life. A supernatural acceleration in my spirit life. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? A supernatural acceleration in my, spirit, in my, in my spiritual life and my walk of faith. And the job that I was in at that time, I had to go into, I got to go into people's homes to share a product with them. And I was on commission. But my, my prayer was, God, you know who would benefit from this and who could afford it? Or you know who needs to hear your gospel? Send me to those homes. So I had this supernatural acceleration, this season of acceleration. God brings my family back to me. And then the suddenly, then the suddenly came. And you know where it happened? You know where it happened? You know where my suddenly happened? It happened right here. And I wasn't on stage. I was just here. It happened right here. I was invited by Rick... To come and be on his podcast because God had me. Uh, I felt led to start this supplement company. I started it. Rick loved the products. Dave loved the products. Shani loved the products. A lot of people love the products. And Rick said, "I want you to have you. On. I want to have you on my show. People need to know about these products." So I'm here for that. I'm here to be on Rick's podcast. And you know what happened that night? It was the third debate between Trump and Hillary. Yeah. The third debate. I'm in our room, I wish I knew, I'll have to find out, I wonder, I'm i in our room watching the debate, right here at Morningstar, yes, that's what I said, The suddenly happened here, Dave wasn't listening, <laughs> it happened here, where you are right now, and this is the message that I believe and know that God wanted you to hear tonight, your suddenly is coming, my suddenly happened here, after that debate was over, I couldn't stand, I couldn't stay silent. I didn't care if I said it right. I didn't care if I said it wrong. I just had to try to say it. So I hopped on Facebook. I had maybe 1,000, 1,500 friends. I went live, and I just went blah. And I ranted for about 14 minutes. Now, that's a long video. I know people are like, scroll, 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 right? 14 minutes I went off. And I started off by saying I'm a Christian first, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a business owner, and then I'm a member of the black community. And friends, I'll tell you, it's that order for me. I'm not black, I'm an American. But you know what I am before an American? I'm a Christian. That's first, I'm a Christian first. So I went off, and it was a very pro-life message because Hillary was saying exactly what the Democrats are doing right now. Abortion anytime, up to any point of birth, and now even after birth, infanticide. They're wanting to murder babies. They're murdering babies. Thank God, Roe v. Wade. Are you kidding me? Roe v. Wade overturned. It is a sad state of affairs how few mega churches applauded the overturning of Roe v. Wade or didn't even say anything about it because it wasn't culturally appropriate. Murdering babies is murdering babies. I'm a new grandfather. My grandbaby is six months old. I think the pictures are out of order, but can you, oh, there you go. That is my grandbaby, Zara. I shouldn't even be here to be able to hold her right now, but God. That's our, that's our grandbaby, our first grandbaby. She's six months old today. I was holding her when she was one day old. So overcome with joy of holding. It's like, if you're not a, grand, if you're a grandparent in here, you know, right? You know. If you're not a grandparent, it's like grandparents say. You don't know until you become a grandparent, I can attest that that is the truth. I thought y'all grandparents was (laughs) crazy. What are you talking about? It is true, there's like a chamber in your heart of love that only activates when you have a grandchild, when you are holding a creation from your own creation, when you are holding a generation, when you are holding your legacy in your arms and to be able to hold that legacy in my arms at one day old and realize that there are people and politicians that say that one day earlier it's okay to harm or kill that baby it is evil period yeah so when i went off on facebook i poured my heart out i tried to make the case for why we needed to support Donald Trump who said we need to stand up for the lives of the unborn, period, while Hillary was saying still what the Democrat Party's saying today. Babies don't deserve any rights while they're in the womb. Evil. Abhorrent and evil. I made that video in one of these rooms right here. Now, I'd made videos before, and they'd get 500 views, 1,000 views, 2,000 views. That video hit 50,000 views that night, 100,000 views by the next morning, 200,000 views, 300. 400,000 views, and suddenly. And it happened here, right where you're at right now. From that suddenly, my inbox that night was flooded with messages from men, women, black, Asian, Hispanic, you name it. And an overarching theme from those messages was, I'm a Democrat, my whole family are Democrats, and I was going to vote for Hillary until I watched your video. And now I have to vote for Trump. Some even said, even if my family ostracizes me, I have to vote for Trump because it's a vote for life. Yes. Yes. And suddenly, and suddenly my wife said, All these ladies can't be direct messaging you, so you should start a page. (laughs) How many of y'all thankful for wise wives? So I started a page, and I felt like God said, because what I didn't share is I got a whole lot of hate in there too. Whole lot of hate messages. A whole lot of messages of just, you wouldn't even want to read it. And then they started sending those same messages, types of messages to my wife, stuff that nobody should say to any female the hate, the evil, the onslaught, the threats, personal threats on my life, on my wife's life. It makes you think. But I heard God say, David, if you can save just one baby or wake up one person on the issue of abortion, will it be worth it? I said, yes, daddy. About a year later A friend of mine that uh, saw that video messaged me and he said, David, I had a friend that was pregnant and was contemplating having an abortion. And he said, I didn't know if I had the right words to say, so I sent her your video. My wife had posted how she was almost aborted. She didn't find this out until her mom was literally in her last weeks battling cancer. She found out that her mom at the last minute left the abortion clinic and had Jennifer. That's my wife. We were pro-life before, but are you kidding me? So she made a post telling that story. So my friend said, David, I sent my friend your video and your wife's story. And then he sent me a picture. He said, this is little baby Ian. She had the baby. Are you kidding me? With... With a past like mine, drug addict, alcoholic, God can still use me. I don't know where you're at or what you're dealing with, but I'm here to tell you God wants to use you. He wants to, and He plans to use you. And I believe, because He told me to share this tonight, that you're suddenly, is soon. You're suddenly. Is right around the corner. Some of you, it may be, even be this weekend. I'll prophesy and say for some of you, it is this weekend. For some of you, your suddenly is this weekend. You're suddenly to get out of your own way, to let go of the resentment, to let go of the bitterness, to let go of the worry of did I miss God? Did I miss this? Some of you are so overwhelmed with worry or whether or not you did this or that right that you're missing God trying to speak to you to prepare you. He just wants you to say yes and operate from a place of rest. When you know that your daddy is the creator of the universe who flung his fingers and the stars stuck in the sky, when you know that, are you really worried about anything? You think Barron Trump worries about anything financially? I don't think so. And I'm not talking about an earthly figure. I'm talking about the creator of the universe that wants you to know him as daddy, as Abba. So my suddenly happened here. And then I felt like God gave me an unction to say, David, get your book. I want you to write a book. So I got started writing a book. I got it finished in about two and a half months. I sent it off to a friend to have him edit it. And then I found out that I was going to the White House. And I said, God, I know. I just believe in that you are You had me get this book done so that I could get it to the president. Donald J. Trump. So I got the book. I got it finished. And when they finished it, when they were shipping them, was literally the the, the week I was flying to D.C. to go to the White House for the first time. I said, ship them to D.C. They shipped them to D.C. I said, I'm taking this with me to the White House. I had friends say, you're not going to be able to get that in. I'd never been there before. Most of the people I was with hadn't been there before. It was a young black leadership summit. There was about three, 400 of us that were going to the White House. They said, you're not going to be able to get that in the White House. I said, well, I'm going to try. I got the book, Why I Couldn't Stay Silent. One man's battle as a black conservative. I said, I need to try to get this into Donald Trump's hands. I got it through security, outside gate. My friends are like, You're not gonna be able to get in the White House. I got it through security, the inside gate. It's just a book. Nothing in it. Well, no weapons, no natural weapons. So I'm in the White House. Remember, I shouldn't be here. I'm in the White House. And when you're in the White House, there's the east wing, there's the west wing. We're in in a big, huge open hall, kind of like this, about that side, if you you just stop it right where the line's at. We're over there, but Trump is going to be on the other side when he comes out. We're over here eating, and then I hear all these these people moving and talking and people leaving from there, going over here, because that's where Trump's going to be speaking. And they've made the announcement that he's going to be there to speak. So by the time I get over there... There's already a couple hundred, and I ain't a racist or anything, but I did say there's black folks, right? (laughs) Now, again, not that you have to be black to not want to let people cut in front of you in line. But has anybody ever tried to cut in front of some black folks that are standing in line for something they want? So there was about 25, yeah, nobody does, I hear you, but there was about 25 feet deep, all black folks, and I'm in the back with my book. I'm in the back. I'm like, Lord, I believe you had me get this book ready so I could give it to President Trump. And I tried to squeeze my way through. Nuh uh, not happening. <laughs> nope. Did I say they were black folks? <laughs> I tried, so I finally stood back and I said, well, Lord, you're going to have to make a way. If you want me to get this to the front, you're going to have to make a way. Right about that time, three camera people with big old tripods and cameras came from the back and started going through the crowd saying, excuse me, excuse me, make a way with their cameras on. Excuse me, excuse me, make a way. I felt like Holy Spirit said, get right behind him. So I got right behind him. Excuse me, excuse me, make a way. Excuse me, excuse me, make a way. I got right to the front of the rope where President Trump was about to come out. Are you kidding me? With my book that shouldn't have been there and me that shouldn't have been there. I'm I'm trying to salt your oats here. trying to salt your oats here for what God can do and wants to do with a life that just says yes. So I get to the front of the rope. You wanna know the best part? I get to the front, the camera people are at the front, and the White House staff said, nuh uh those cameras aren't approved in the front. They all had to go back. I stood right there. <laughs> I stood right there at the front of the rope. President Trump came out and speaks, and then he walks down the rope, stopping, shaking hands, stopping, shaking hands. And when he got to me, I got to give him my book. I told him a little bit about it. I actually had my video camera on. I'm recording it. I'm recording talking to the president. I'm kind of shaking. I'm nervous. You know, this is the president. This is Donald Trump. This is a man that I believe is trying to save America. Still my president. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in the middle of it, he says, here, take a picture, take a picture. And this is the picture that I screenshotted. Are you kidding me? Yes. But God and only God. So when I say I shouldn't be here, and when I say that I'd made my bed in hell, to now what I get to do When I, I've been to the White House 10, 12 times. This was in 2020, right before everything started to get shut down. February of 2020, I'm in the Oval Office with the president. I believe the greatest president in the history of the United States of America. I'm in the Oval Office. He's sitting at the Resolute Desk. And I'll I'll keep this part short but I was the only one in that whole group that was in there, about 30 of us, that had a cell phone. (laughs) They had taken everybody else's phone and I showed up a little bit late and nobody said nothing, so I was like. (laughs) So people weren't getting selfies in there. But I got a selfie with the President of the United States. Are you kidding me? So I believe this book is prophetic not just because of what is in it, which I share some of my journey, but I believe it started and sparked from the suddenly that happened here. It started and sparked from the suddenly that happened here. It's woken people up. I got a chapter on my, on my faith that I believe is a, it's a covert way to speak to a non-believer about the gospel and the goodness of the Lord and what salvation means. My wife's chapter is in there that shares what she went through. But I believe that it's prophetic, not just in what's in it, but in when I got it done and the story I just shared shared with you to get it to the President of the United States. And I don't have the screenshot, but he later did tweet my book and say, get this book from David Harris Jr. Why I Couldn't Stay Silent is a great book. Are you kidding me? Yay, God. So I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're battling. But if God can open up doors like he's opened up for me. From what I've been through and what I did to myself, where I put myself. To then just come back and receive forgiveness, get cleaned up and say yes. Yes if God can do these kinds of things for me, what can he do for you? He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above anything you could ask, think, or imagine it's in the book. That's not me saying it. That's his word and his promise. That's what he wants to do. I just want to pray because I've had some pretty amazing encounters with the Lord. And it's come from a heart that's just trying to say yes to God. Yes to whatever he has in store. And I believe that God wants to shake some things off of you. I think there's some of you in here that need to let go of some things. You need to get out of your head. You just need to get to a place where you're just saying yes. You need to get to a place where you're not thinking about what you maybe did or didn't do or, or if you missed this or that. But you just get to a place of rest, knowing that God is good, our Papa. Is perfect. My name is David J. Harris Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris Jr. Show.